and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I'm going to preach a message this morning that's just a real uh, life message of mine that has helped me in where we have gone. And what a great message we heard this morning about dreams. And sometimes when we go to pursue our dreams that God has for us or the destiny He has for us, the enemy will do everything he can to stop us from attaining that. So my heart is today that this message that you hear will expose whatever weapon's been formed against you, rip it off, and we're going to talk about it so that nothing will hold us back when we leave this conference from what God has for us. Isaiah 54 verse 14 says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This verse has a couple of key, or this passage has a couple of keys in it that's going to help us in dreaming again. Number one, weapons are formed. So whenever you give your life to the Lord or whenever you decide I'm going to go after that dream or that destiny that God has for me or I'm going to step up and and go to Bible college, I'm going to do this or that, sometimes when we step out like that, all hell breaks loose because weapons are formed. You know, your family suddenly goes crazy. Maybe you lose your job. It's like, what is going on? Because weapons are formed because we have a devil and he hates us. And his strategy is clearly written in John 10.10. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to steal your inheritance. He's out to kill your destiny. And he's out to destroy your faith. So he forms these weapons and he aims them at our soul at our mind, at our will, at our emotions, even our body and our heart. And these weapons, if we don't know what they are, we will allow them to attach themselves to us and will weigh us down and either stop us from the full potential of what God has for us or maybe not even do what God has for us. Weapons like fear, anxiety, guilt, sickness, unbelief, hatred, condemnation. We don't even recognize this at times. We think it's just us. We're just dealing with this, but they're actually weapons that have been formed against you. There was a nation in the Old Testament, the Israelites. They had been rescued from this incredible oppression, right? Pharaoh, like they saw God work. They went through the Red Sea, like God miraculously pulled them out. And then they send 12 spies to go check out the prophecy, the inheritance, what they had been told that they were given by this God that had rescued them from oppression. So the 12 spies go, and while they were there, the enemy attaches weapons to 10 of them, fear and unbelief. They come back with fear and unbelief. 
oh, it is amazing. It's flowing with milk and honey. This is incredible, but we can't do it. Uh, hello, um, you saw the C part. What makes you think you can't do this? Oh, but they're like giants. Um, you saw the plagues on the largest, greatest, fiercest army of the world at that time. What made you think that you couldn't take on this land with giants when you had a God that was for you? But these weapons were so powerful and the Israelites did not recognize it that they convinced an entire generation to miss out on the inheritance of God. What are you missing out on? That is your inheritance because you've allowed fear or unbelief to attach itself to you. The enemy sends fear through a spirit, through people, through circumstances, and it's usually people that are close to you, right? Like when the random says something, you're like, whatever. But when your mother-in-law says something, or your friend, or your spouse, or your family, then suddenly you're like, <gasps> You feel that. You just literally can sometimes feel this physical thing attach itself to you. And then you're suddenly like, oh, I don't know. You know, in the early years when we started Kingdom City and we'd gone, I think it was uh, about the second year when we started to do KL in Malaysia and Perth, we would live between these two countries. So we would, I had a, a newborn baby and we would just pack up and go six weeks, 10 weeks, 12. We just lived between the two and we still do that. But in those days, when we had two little congregations, lots of people said lots of things. <laughs> and to me, not to my husband, because he's a mighty man of God, so they wouldn't dare go to him. But they, the enemy knew. And people say, are you sure you know what you're doing? What are you going to do when your kids start school? Is your marriage going to be affected by this? I mean, we had pastors say this to us. We had families say this to us. We had good-hearted Christians say this to us. One time, I was sick. I just had the flu. My husband was somewhere else away, and I had an 18-month-old. That week, I had five visitors come to the house. They came every day. Each visitor, one was a family friend, one was doctor, one was family. They all said things to me like, you're sick because of your life. Your child is being affected because of what you're doing. And I began to feel heavier and heavier and heavier till I could barely stand. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Who do we think we are? We're killing our family. I'm killing my health. And I began to agree with these weapons. Sunday came around and I literally crawled into church. I don't know if you've ever had those words like, don't talk to me. You're like, yes, it's a battle just to get there. I'm sitting there. I'm like, please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. And um, we had a guest speaker, and he gets up. And I hadn't even talked to him before the service, so he hadn't seen me or anything. And he, before he preaches, he goes, Jemima, stand up. So I, oh, so I stood up. Oh, God, you're going to convict me now. You're going to condemn me in front of all these people. <laughs> and he goes, Jemima, words were spoken over you this week that are not of God. They were sent by the enemy to rob, steal, kill, and destroy what God has for me. You will be able to do this. You are grace for this. Your children will not be affected. Your marriage will not be affected because I am the Lord your God, and I have called you for this. As he said this, he's like heavy blankets, one, two, three, four, five, just all lifted off just like that in that word. I said, can I get the copy of the CD? I want to send it to those five people. No, I didn't say that. They were in the room. I said, I hope you all heard this. <laughs> Fear is faith in reverse. It's believing the worst. People say to you, well, the reality is. I'll tell you what my reality is. 
Well, you better come to terms with it. I'll tell you what I'm coming to terms with. He will send fear. Unbelief is the other one he sends often to us Christians when we decide to step out and dream again. He sends unbelief because it stops us from believing the promises of God. Oh, God can do that, but not for me. That's for someone else. Oh, God can bless them, but not for me. Oh, God can heal them. God can provide a spouse for them. God can give them resources, but not me. And what we do is our view of God, our perception of God gets diminished. We actually drag God down to our level when we allow the weapon of unbelief to come upon us. I remember when we first got married, I was amazed at the man of God that I had married. He, um, he, he's going to be embarrassed now because I'm going to talk about him. But uh, he has this amazing gift of healing. You know, you, he prays for people, they get healed. And I noticed this, and I thought, wow, I got Benny Hinn. <laughs> so I started to carry some oil in my handbag. I don't know if you remember, this is the early years. And when people said, oh, I've got a backache, or neck, I'd go, oh, Mark will pray for you. Mark, 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 you pray for them. And he'd go, oh, okay. So, you know, he was gracious, and he would pray. And one day he said to me, why are you always getting me to pray for people who are sick? I said, oh, because healing's your gift. It's not mine. No one has ever gotten healed that I've prayed for. And he goes, well, that's just stupid. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're anointed. You're the man of God. And we would have these prayer lines where people would come to the front for prayer. And if it was sickness and it was one of the hard sicknesses like cancer, I would go, okay, wait right here. And I'd go down to him. I'd tap him. Go, See that person there? Can you pray for them after you're finished with this? Because they've got cancer, you know? And he would be like, okay. Like looking at me thinking, why is she not doing this? Anyway. Uh, this went on for a while, and one day I was getting into the car, and I was about to go home, and this young adult comes up to me and goes, Pastor Jim. I said, yeah. He goes, I've got, I, I just want to tell you I had a dream about you last night. I went, oh, yeah? And he goes, yeah, I dreamed that God gave you a gift, but you kept giving it to Pastor Mark. <laughs> and I woke up and thought, you know what? Pastor Jim has that gift, too, and she better start using it. I went, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I drove home and went, oh my gosh, God, why did you tell the young adults? He said, I've been trying to tell you for six months and you're not listening. So that Sunday, I'm sitting there. They're in the worship. Holy Spirit, you know, cuts across the worship I'm giving the Lord and says, get up now and do an altar call for healing. I went, oh no, Mark's not here, Lord. I can't. And he's like, get up now. There's an anointing feeling. I say, God, it's not in the run sheet. I can't do that. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, get up now. And I'm like, <laughs> so I get up. I walk across the stage. I'm so nervous. The musician's like, what is she doing? You know, they kind of, the music kind of dies down really awkwardly. I'm like, thank you. I close my eyes because I'm too scared to look at anyone. And I say, there's an anointing for healing right now. So if you're sick in any way, could you please come to the front while the band sings? Like, and I kept my eyes shut and I thought no one is going to respond except my mother-in-law because she's probably just trying to support me. <laughs> when I opened my eyes, though, there was hundreds of people at the front of the altar call. And the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I began to pray, and I began to declare that sickness to go. And we had testimony after testimony after testimony of people getting healed. What is sad about this is there were so many times I could have been a part of someone's miracle, but I allowed unbelief 
and fear to stop me. Don't let unbelief and fear stop you from stepping out, from prophesying, from signs, wonders, and miracles. Don't let it hold you back because weapons will be formed, but they shall not prosper. Even in verse 14, it says, you shall be far from oppression, not near oppression, not even in your circle. You shall be far from it and you shall, shall not fear. So you need to believe and claim the word of God. You need to declare over you because the Bible says it will not, it will not succeed. It will not fail. Declare it over your life. You know, fear not is said hundreds of times in the, in the word of God, so many times. And yet it's sitting there by our bed and we go and call I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. Blah, 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 blah. When it's going, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. I have a poster in my house. And oh, I used, uh, when I had, yeah, we just sold our house. But I had a poster and it had fear not with all the scripture references all around it. Whenever I felt that weapon begin to even come near me, I'd look at the poster and I'd say, no, 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 I don't have to fear. There's all these reminders in the Bible that it will not prosper. A few years ago, uh, when we were flying between Malaysia and Perth, there was a couple of issues with some airlines that we often travel on. One disappeared, another one went down into the ocean. So you could imagine that fear started to attach itself to us when we began to fly. So one day I'm in the plane and it's like th uh, middle of the night and I was on one of those airlines and suddenly the plane starts going like this and I start freaking out. And of course, fear comes in and unbelief goes, you're going to die. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm looking for my passport everywhere to put in my pocket. So when they find my body lying in the water, they'll, my sons and my husband will be able to identify and grieve over my body. I'm having the whole funeral going on in my head. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. People are starting to get really, really upset. The, the pilot gets on and goes, stewardess, please quickly sit down. And when he said quickly sit down, that's when we all started panicking. And we're like, oh my God. And I was like, Jesus, do something. And Jesus, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you do something. I went, what? Well, see, that morning we'd had staff chapel or staff devotions. And boy, I was very bold then when I was telling them, guys, you know, you'd speak to the storm and it, you know, and it will be calm. And I said to Jesus, I meant that like not real storms. <laughs> well, Spirit said, you speak to it. I was like, okay. So I looked out the window in a really bold voice. I went, storm. You will be quiet in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper death. You are far from me. You cannot have me fear. You are to leave now. And this flight will be calm all the way till I land. And no joke, when it was going like this, suddenly it went like this. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought, if only I had stood up beforehand and said, guys, I'm about to tell this storm to be quiet in the name of Jesus. And then after, I'm going to give a salvation altar call and you will respond to the God above all. Maybe one day, unfortunately, I didn't. But weapons will be formed, but they shall not prosper for it is your heritage. It says in the word, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. What is the definition of a heritage? Something that is reserved for a particular person. So this has been reserved for you and the only way you're getting it is because you're in the family of God. When you inherit something from a member who has passed away, you get it from them, not because of what you've done, but only because you're in the family, right? My grandmother just died a year ago and I inherited her wedding rings and her engagement rings. It wasn't anything other than the fact that I was her oldest granddaughter. I was in the family. This is your inheritance. This is reserved 
for you. You are qualified. He will protect you. You just need to know how to access it. When I was 12 years old, the Lord spoke to me and said, I will give you the nations as an inheritance. I never understood what that meant. When we first went to Cambodia in 2009, we went there to see an organization, a nonprofit organization to sponsor it. We'd never been to Cambodia before. My husband and I, first night, were asleep when suddenly I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm in one of their temples. You know, I could tell you everything about that time. I looked up, down, to the side, all the carvings. There were three big demon god things in front of me. I looked to the left, and my husband is literally standing in the position of his sleeping, and he's asleep. So, like, he sleeps in front of the devil. He doesn't care at all. He's, like, so fearless. He's like, and I'm like, you're asleep. I'm, like, freaking out, looking at these three things. And this voice says, what are you doing here? Why did you two come to this land? Oh my gosh, I'm like, why did we come to this land? Mark, wake up, wake up, wake up. He's like totally at peace. And I crumbled all the way down to the floor and I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, why did I come to, I don't even know what land I'm in right now. I'm so confused, what is my name? And I'm, and I'm just could not think. I was so gripped by fear. But then I did what I had been taught as a child. When you don't know what to pray, you pray in the language of the Holy Spirit. So I began to pray, just slowly. But as I began to pray, the boldness of the Holy Spirit began to rise up in me. Till I was yelling at the top of my lungs, pointing right at them, yelling in tongues. I woke up standing on the bed. My husband jumped out of bed and went, what's going on? I said, the gods of this land, or the demons, the principalities, are freaking out that you and I are here. I said, we must be about to do something amazing in this land. And today, we have a kingdom city in Cambodia with over 2,000 kids and adults. God is doing an amazing thing. It's an inheritance that I access. Your inheritance in God will enable you to do the impossible. But you have to be in the covering of God. See, Galatians 5.19 says, The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred for those who get in the way on the road, <laughs> senseless arguments with your spouse, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, well, in my opinion. Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? You can't inherit something if you're not in the family. And you can't inherit something if you're not under the protection of the family. It's like this, I had this uh, uh, dream once about what this looked like. I felt the Lord shared this with me. It's like, you know, an umbrella is used to protect you, right? Um, from the wind, from the rain, from the sun, from the snow. But if you saw me walking down the street holding this umbrella and it, the storm was going crazy and the wind and the rain and I'm just walking down like this, and you saw that, you saw me getting wet and blown away, would you look at me and go, wow, what a strong, independent woman? No, you would say, oh, she's really silly. Why doesn't she get under cover? Why doesn't she put herself under the protection 
of the umbrella. So it is with spiritual authority. It's no point taking on the devil, declaring, praying, doing all this stuff when you're not under cover. You can be praying for that amazing man or woman of God, going, God, give it to me, but going to the clubs to find them. You know, you could be asking God for resources and providing for you, not paying your tithes. You could be praying for your marriage. Your marriage is in a mess, but then you're, you're dishonoring your husband or your wife by gossiping about them to family. Like you're going out of covering. You got to go undercover. You got to be under God's covering, under the word of God to have authority to declare when the enemy sends his weapons that you are protected. It's a principle. You see, when we understand our authority, we understand being under the covering of God. See, this Bible is not just hard rules and God is not there. I used to think God was like a big bad God with a ruler that's like, snap, you know, just hitting us, you know, um, saying, naughty boy, naughty girl. No, God is not like that at all. He has these guidelines in the Bible to protect us. And we're going into a season where we have more and more content and less and less knowledge of who God is and what he has for us. Read the Gospels. Find out what Jesus says about abortion, about premarital sex, about divorce, about treating your employees, about your boss, about your heart issues. It's all in here, and we need to know that we are under covering. Now, one time um, I was making dinner, and the enemy just came and, you know, just put this thought in my head and said, oh, how are you going to be being a widow I was like, what? Anyway, I just ignored it, just kept cooking. And uh, Mark had left to go and pick somebody up from the airport. So I was putting my son to bed. He was 18 months old, and we were, uh, he was lying with me in bed when suddenly he starts screaming, I'm fearful, I'm fearful. And I felt this fear come in, like a literal presence of fear come into our uh, room. And I, too, got really scared. I had a choice then to pick up the phone and go, I'm so scared, or to begin to pray. So I got out of my bed, and I started pacing back and forth and declaring no weapon formed against my marriage will prosper, against my children, against our staff. Started going through the whole list of everyone I knew. Started speaking the language of the Holy Spirit till peace came upon me. Then once it came, Zeke, he was with me. He, started, he stopped crying. I got into bed, and that peace was there. Then the phone rings. I answer it. It's Mark, and he's like, <sighs> I'm like, are you okay? He's like, you will not believe what just happened. He was driving on a highway, and uh, he didn't see this little car, these cars in Malaysia that we have. They're like little Mr. Bean cars, you know, these little concha cars. They're like made of plastic almost, you know, and he had accidentally hit one in the highway. It had spun around and smashed and squashed all the way up against a concrete barrier. And our car had gotten all squished and went down the side of the road, and he sat there thinking, oh, my gosh, I just killed somebody. But then out of a little tiny window, climbed this little Chinese man. He got, hey, watch where you're going. <laughs> it was a man that had been on the way to the airport. I think he had bruised roses uh, to propose to his girlfriend. But what the amazing thing was, is there wasn't a scratch on him. He was totally okay. Mark was totally okay. And when I got off the phone, I felt the Holy Spirit say, see, weapons will be formed, but they will not prosper. You got to use your weapon. There is power in your agreement. It's one of the greatest weapons you have. So when you agree with the enemy, the weapon will work. When you agree with fear, it will happen. 
When you agree with unbelief, it will happen. Had a girl once, her, her husband had had an affair, and she kept saying to me, I'm so scared that he's going to have an affair again. She was so pet. I said, don't agree with fear. He ended up having an affair again. She said, see, I knew it. I said, knew it. You were empowering that spirit because you kept agreeing with it. We cannot agree with fear. We got to cut disagreements. We got to disagree with every form and renounce any form of agreement we made with fear or sickness, or unbelief, or any of these weapons that the enemy has thrown us because you empower it. And we got to agree with the Word of God. We got to declare, we got to use that shield of faith around us to declare that God will protect our family. He will protect our future. He will protect our resources. He will protect our destiny. You know, I battled with fear for many, many years. In fact, once I was uh, working with my family and a man came in and he prophesied and said, Jemima, you're going to preach all over the world. And my family laughed. They said, oh, you don't know Jemima. She's so scared. She'd never get up on stage. And I had to go through. And when I realized that I had to declare the word of God over me and tell fear to go, suddenly the boldness of the Holy Spirit came upon me. So I was reading Isaiah 54 and I remember thinking, you know what? Yeah, weapons are formed, but it shall not prosper. And the, um, another time in, when I was doing my devotions, I came across, across this verse, Deuteronomy 6. It says, these commands that I give you today, you are to, you are to, they are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. You know, we got to teach our kids this. And when our kids wake up and cry in the night, it's not, oh, you poor darling. It's tell that thing to leave your room. There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. You know, I've taught my boys since little about no weapon. In fact, one of my sons, I won't say who it was, but um, he got sent to his room for doing something wrong, and I came in to, you know, uh, discipline him, and he yelled out, no weapon to me. <laughs> I went, not these weapons, baby. <laughs> but uh, my other son, when he was five, he, he loved Superman, and uh, he was obsessed with Superman, and he was wearing a Superman T-shirt, and he was playing in a park, and this, uh, he's five years old, this 10-year-old came up to him and threw him down and went, Superman sucks. And uh, my son just looked at him and then just got up. And I was on the side of the park seeing this. I thought, I'm about to come in and show that, that kid. You're not allowed to touch my kid. I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't move. I was like, what? So Zeke keeps playing again. And then, another, then the kid comes up again and he pushed him again. He goes, I said, Superman sucks. And Zeke looks at him, and I'm like, where is this mother? I'm going to have a piece of her. You know, I'm looking around for the mother. And again, the Holy Spirit says, don't do anything. So I'm just sitting there. And the third time, the kid comes to Zeke, and he's about to do it. And Zeke goes, stop! No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, the kid screams and runs away. And Zeke goes, mom, it works. It really works. You got to teach your kids and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So I read this and thought, you know, oftentimes I have a great time with the Lord in the morning. And then I walk out the door, and these little Cupid demons, I call them, with their little arrows go, you know, and they just attack you, right? And you completely forget the encounter you have with God because you're yelling on the road uh, to someone who cuts you off traffic or something happens. You get that phone call, and it's like it all goes out the window. And I'm like, what can I do to remind myself 
about the Word of God. And so I decided to do these little bands that said no weapon. And I did it for myself, actually, to remind me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So every time that spirit of fear came, that thought of fear, that anxiety or whatever it was, I could just look at my wrist and remember what God said, and I would just speak it out. So I did this really for me to overcome the battle of fear that I had. Well, people saw it, and so they said, can we make some? So we started, we made some for our church, and the testimonies started rolling in. You know, we, we gave the No Weapon Bands to our teenagers who cut themselves. They could not cut themselves when that spirit of death came to them because the Word of God was on their wrists. We had another one, and they um, were intimidated of their boss, and they would get so fearful on the way. So he put it, this band on his uh, rever- um, mirror, reverse mirror, in the car, and he'd get into the car to go to work, and he would see it, and he'd just say it over and over and over. You know, he ended up getting a promotion, and the boss ended up working for him. We have um, parents who uh, have kids who struggle with bullying, so what the parents did was they bought the band, and they put it on their child's water bottle at school. So when the child was afraid, they said, just look at your water bottle. The child would look at the water bottle. They would see no weapon, and they would declare it over them, and the bullying would stop. We have others who would take the no weapon. They'd make it as keychains, and they would take it everywhere uh, they would go, and people would ask them, what does this no weapon mean? And they were able to um, share with these people what this meant. Have a 16-year-old girl. She heard this story. She bought it. Her family were on holidays. And her mother collapsed suddenly. They rushed her to the hospital. The doctor said, I'm sorry. You're going to have to prepare her. Your family, uh, she is going to die. This little girl took her band off. She put it on her mother's wrist. And she started to declare, no weapon formed against my mother shall prosper. Death, you are to leave her now in Jesus' name. So the, mother, the little girl, 16 years old, she'd go into the ICU. Every day she would go in and she'd lay hands on her mother's wrist with this band and she'd be pray and she'd pray. Well, the mother didn't die. Then the mother started getting better and she started getting better and better and better until um, she was so, she came to, she came out of the coma and her brain was functioning. Then they said she wouldn't be able to walk and the, the little girl goes, no, she will be able to walk. The mother ended up walking. It was a walking miracle. In fact, the doctors and nurses pulled the little girl aside and said, what is this magic band? We see you lay hands, and we think it's connected to our healing. She's like, it's connected. It's the Word of God. I declare no weapon formed against my mom shall prosper. We have another girl, and in Malaysia, we have these robbers. They're on motorbikes. They come up, and they pull your uh, bags off you. So she she had just left church. She was walking. A motorbike robber comes up, grabs her handbag. As he's grabbing her handbag, she sees her her wrist, and she sees the band on her wrist. She looks right at the guy and goes, no weapon! The guy screams, let's go. She still has her handbag. (laughs) It's not a magic band. What it is is it reminds you and empowers you to declare no weapon. We have parents who put it by their their kids' beds who experienced nightmares. We have one family, they said every night their kid would scream with nightmares and it was such a disruption to the family that one of them would have to go and console their child. When we taught our children in kids' church about no weapon, we put the band there and the father told me that the screaming happened and then suddenly they heard, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, enemy, get out! Then they heard silence. And they haven't had a nightmare since. There is power when you declare the word of God. 
So we have brought these no weapon bands. If you want them after, uh, you can go get them. We've also uh, gotten a little bit more fancy and we've done no weapon uh, rings as well. There's rose gold rings. We have no weapon hats. Or you can get a personalized, we have this in our home, a personalized poster with your family or with your name on it uh, that says no weapon formed against the Varagis family or whatever family you have. You can put that as wall art because that's what the word of God says. Put it up in your, your homes to remind you of this amazing scripture. We also have, my husband just put his ring on. I gave him a ring this morning. There's a men's one, or it's women's as well. It's silver. And he's put it by his, next to his wedding band. I said, why did you do that? And he said, because no weapon formed against my marriage shall prosper. So you can get those as well after we'll be available out there. You know, we were watching the news. Uh, sorry, one of my pastors rang me and said, you better put the news on. I was in Perth at the time. And so, um, I put the news on and there was a story about a guy who had been driving down the road and he hit a tree and his whole car uh, was crushed. I think we have a picture there. That's his car there. And so when the ambulance arrived, they were sure that this guy was dead. And so um, they rushed him to hospital, but it was amazing um, that he wasn't dead. And so they called the news in and the news uh, did a story on him. They called it Miracle Survival. And there was something on his wrist. So uh, can we get the next photo? I think it, we, there we go. So I was like, no weapon. So we found this guy and we asked him what, you know, he uh, left the hospital with only a bruised ankle 24 hours after that accident. He said that he had bought this band and every day he declared over his life, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He came from a family where there was early death a curse of early death. So men in his family were getting killed early. So he decided that's not going to happen to him. So he put this on. And when this happened, he um, said, it's not a magic band, but I cover myself every day in this scripture and death can't have me. He told his little three-year-old girl, daddy is alive because I declared over me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, I want to pray for some people in a minute because I believe that the weapons of fear, unbelief, anxiety, whatever it is that has held you back, doubt, hatred, shame, guilt, things the enemy keeps reminding you of has kind of held you back from dreaming again or stepping out again. And it's going to go, I'm going to ask the band to come. And as they do, I just, um, if you would just stand in this place. You know, sometimes we need... Uh, someone's faith to lock shield with our faith when we're going through a hard time. One time I was planning to preach this message at a conference on, thurs on, on a Thursday at one o'clock. And Tuesday I had gone into a, a doctor's appointment, you know, just a routine checkup um, for, you know, my moles just to get it checked. And as I was sitting there, um, the doctor looked at me and said, actually, uh, we've got a mole on your back that we're really worried about. So um, we're going to have to uh, cut that out. And I went, oh, okay. Um, when will we do that? Like in a month? And she goes, no, we need to do that pretty much straight away. I said, what? She goes, yeah, um, we think it's spread. We don't know how serious it is. And once we take it out, then we need to look at a plan for what we're going to do to see where uh, any cancer has spread across your body. I went, I just froze. I, I, it just was not on the radar. And she said, let me just see what I can do. So she's get on her computer and she's tapping away, trying to figure out uh, a time for me to have, to have this mole cut out. 
And she goes, oh, this is awesome. I, I, found, I found a time. Thursday, one o'clock. Again, I heard the enemy just whisper to me, <laughs> no weapon, hey? You're going to preach to all these women. You're no weapon message, but here I am. I've formed a weapon against you. I tell you immediately, I just felt heavy. This weight just came upon me. I said, are you sure? She goes, yeah. So I went home. I called my husband, who was in another country at the time. And I said, this is what they've said. And they've said I have to go in on Thursday. And, they, and I was supposed to have fly to Malaysia on the Saturday. We were about to have our first ever conference for our church. And I said, they, she's told me I can't even go to Malaysia, that they're going to do this thing, that uh, they're going to work out how, where it's spread. I don't know what to do. And he goes, come on. You're the no weapon girl. Where is your faith? I said, I don't have any faith. So he began to speak life over me. And he began to go, no, we are going to forbid this from happening. This is a weapon that's been formed, but it cannot prosper. Come on, agree with me. And he began to pray over me. And as he began to pray, I felt the enemy, the weapons being taken, literally taken out of me. Suddenly faith rised in me and I, I um, called my friend and I said, I'm so sorry, I can't do your conference on Thursday, but I can do it Friday. She said, okay, you sure? I said, absolutely. I went in on Thursday. They took five inches out of my back. Friday, I got up and I preached no weapon like I'd never preached before. Hundreds of women came up. They got set free from fear. The doctor called me four days later and said, we've made a mistake. It was just a mole. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You forbid the enemy from forming weapons against you and you don't agree with that fear. Don't empower that anxiety. Don't empower that depression. It has to fall in Jesus' name. So today we want to pray for you. We want to pray that weapons have been formed against your kids won't prosper, against your health, against your inheritance, maybe against your sexuality, you've been confused, maybe against your resources, your life, you've experienced suicide or self-harm, maybe against your ability to conceive you are married or depression or whatever it is. You know, the Holy Spirit's been talking to you as I've been speaking, you're going, I've been living with this. I've been cuddling this. I've been managing this. Today's the day to stop managing it and get rid of it. So as they begin to sing, you come to the front and we're gonna pray. This thing is gonna leave. Weapons are gonna be dropped right here in the front of the altar and they're never coming back. Maybe it's weapons of sickness. They've told you autoimmune disease. Come to the front, you will be healed in Jesus' name. Maybe it's nightmares you've experienced or your children have experienced nightmares. That's gonna be broken today in Jesus' name. Maybe it's a genetic or an inheritance a sickness that's been passed down, breast cancer, broken today in Jesus' name. Blood disorders, broken today in Jesus' name. Maybe it's divorce. There is a curse of divorce in your family and you're going through something at the moment, broken in Jesus' name. Maybe it's barrenness in your ministry or in your body, you can't, broken today in Jesus' name. Weapons are gonna come off in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.